What is up, everyone? It is Social on the Sidelines, episode number 28. As always, we're presented by Front Office Sports with episodes brought to you by Team Infographics. If you didn't already know, they're on Twitter at Team Infographs and online at teaminfographics.com. They do great work, amazing designs. Please check them out if you haven't already. Today, you're stuck with me and me only, joined by a guest, Noah Mara. She's on vacation. I didn't want to bother her. So unfortunately for you guys, you're going to hear this voice a lot. So without further ado, I'm going to hop right into it with the NFL's Jordan Dobin. What is up, everyone? It is Social on the Sidelines. Today, I am joined by Jordan Dobin. Is that right? Did I get the last name right? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um, we don't have Amara today. She's on vacation, and I didn't want to bother her. So um, today, it's just me joined by Jordan, who is especially an interesting story because of what you do at the NFL. If, for the people that don't know, please introduce yourself. Awesome. Uh, appreciate you having me. So I am a manager of social content at the NFL, but uh, specifically I manage our player social marketing program. So we, at the, I mean, I guess at the root of it, we help our players be successful on social and activate on social whether that's just sharing, simply sharing content with them, so photos and videos, or actually working with them to help identify content creation opportunities, help them actually execute that if they want to, um, just kind of trying to help them showcase who they are on social. So it's not entirely focused on football. It's, it's honestly everything about them, how they want to f- activate on social will help them do that. That's super interesting. I also want to give a shout out to Jordan because she's fresh off a flight from Haiti, responded to my DM and was ready to hop on this podcast. And I'm super hyped because your job to me seems like one of the most interesting, especially on the team slash league side that I'm aware of. But that being said, before we get into more of the nitty gritty of what you do now, um, talk a little bit about how you got there, where your start in sports was and how you kind of grew into the role that you're in now. Um, For sure. Yeah, so it was it was a weird kind of how I got into sports. I felt like it just happened. So in in undergrad, I played soccer um, super quickly. I played soccer in undergrad, and so didn't have a ton of time to to work. But I went to a liberal arts college, so um, a lot of the classes are application like hands on based, and so they, as a mass media major, required you to be on newspaper or broadcast or radio, and I was not made for TV and don't want to be on the radio. So um, newspaper it was. So I kind of got into photography there. And because it was such a small school, it was, um, we went digital really, really early. Um, So we kind of nixed our daily newspaper. And I think we went to like weekly or monthly or something. And then the rest was digital. So I kind of learned the mass media, um, just like building multimedia stories and stuff there. And so I knew that was kind of what I want to do. And so in when I had breaks from soccer, I interned with Sporting Kansas City. It was more of like a game day thing. And then during a winter term, I, I interned there. And so I knew I definitely wanted to work in sports and professional sports. And so went to grad school at the University of Minnesota. And um Ooh, while I was gopher. Right, right. I was gonna say fellow gopher. <laughs> Um, and while I was there again, like didn't have a ton of time, I kind of want to, to be a community college professor. It was kind of 
my goal and it, it, it still is, um, at this point. But, um, when I, when I went, when I went there, I focused my research on social media and sport to try to keep kind of that connection and quite frankly, just like find something that you're passionate about to dedicate two years of research to. So, um, it just made sense. And so when I was there, my thesis advisor told me that, you know, to get a teaching job in mass comm, I, they, it'd be difficult without industry experience. And so that I should consider, um, you know, getting industry experience prior to trying to teach. And so I was like, figured, okay, well then I guess I need in an internship between my first and second years. So I applied a handful of places and actually ended up in Orlando with the magic as their business innovation intern, which was a really, really cool experience and a really unique experience. Um, and that was probably my, my first full time nine to five internship. And it kind of like reaffirmed that sports was ex I wanted to work at least on the team side and I honestly never considered working for a league prior to that I just don't even think I thought about it and so once I finished up my master's I applied for a bunch of jobs honestly I only applied to one job in LA which is LA is home for me it's where my parents are and so I applied to the NFL job here and uh, for months I actually hadn't heard back from anybody and right around graduation the NFL reached out for an interview and so did a phone interview, did an in-person interview, and then was offered a seven-month contract at the NFL. And so um, that was that was cool for me. I was I in my mind, I was like seven months at the NFL is better than a secure job somewhere else. That was kind of my mindset. And so um, I'm was lucky to have kind of the ability to to be to have that mindset and make a move from Minnesota to LA because like I said my family what is here and so if at the very worst at the end of seven months my job was up I couldn't get a job like I'm lucky enough that my parents were here and willing to you know if I needed to go live with them it would have been okay so that helped <laughs> and then um so I started as just like a social content producer and worked on the NFL network accounts for my first year and a half ish. And then, um, after my first year at the network, working on the network accounts, we created the player social program and Josh Tucker came in and he kind of built it from the ground up that first year while student, still doing network. And then, um, after a successful like first season, the team was already able to expand and they created a, another position with them in that team. And so, um, I told Josh that I was interested and we went through the interview process and um, I was able to kind of make that that move because uh, the player social team is actually still within our NFL social content team. So we still work really closely with the rest of the the content team. So I guess the path was pretty direct. And um, I don't think my goal was always to work in, in social media necessarily for sports. Like I really, my passion is in more the marketing, like brand strategy side of things. But social just felt like a natural first kind of step into that and had an, a ton of openings as like entry-level jobs. And for me, who had very little experience, it was a good way to get in. For sure. That makes sense. So I, I know you mentioned uh, your start um, over at the NFL and I, I remember 
um, you had tweeted something along the lines of kind of where you started when you were first at the NFL compared to now. There's a drastic difference in um, how you guys go about digital and social. Talk a little bit about that. And one of the obviously having a player social team itself is probably one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but what kind of the differences are from when you started to now um, and, and where you see it going? Yeah, I mean, whew, it's kind of wild how, how much has happened in, in four years since I started. Just for background, when I got there, um, our social content team was, there was about four full-time staff people and then three, three at any time, three contract, seven-month contract people. So our team was about six people big um, running all the NFL accounts and the NFL network accounts. And then we actually ran some of our show accounts like NFL total access and, and NFL game day and things like that as well when we first started. And so, I mean, that, that was it. Like that was the extent of the NFL social team in 2015 when I started. And then, um, and, and, and the way we, the way the team was structured was like, you did everything. It was very entrepreneurial where you came in and we didn't have a creative team. Like NFL creative didn't service the social team. Like they serviced the app and the the website or like league events and, and things like that. So we were creating our own graphics and like in our own videos when we did do that. And, and granted we had a lot of content being fed to us, whether it was from .com written pieces, digital features that were being created, original features that were getting created for the TV shows on the network. Um, network just like hits and content from those shows. And so we were pulling a lot from there. And so very little of it was our own social original content. And and in that first year, as our team was kind of getting, we were getting more resources and more headcount and being able to kind of build a, build a team, we started to realize the the opportunity for us to actually be creating social first content. Because I, I know a lot of people have had this difficulty of people creating content for like either linear or for the website that is just getting pushed them like, Hey, we want more people to see this, like put it on social. And so, um, that was kind of where it started. And then as we, the team evolved and grew, we, we added on, um, the player social team. And then, uh, Josh and I were able to help launch the check down. And then last year we launched NFL Throwback. And then we have the LCC program. And so all of that is under the NFL content umbrella. And so we also have our social lab now, which is a massive, massive just like lab of illustrators, designers, video video editors, just like creatives in general, just in-house to service our social accounts at this point and help service our players' social accounts and help when we can with the clubs. And so it's we've gone from a team of like six to a team of like 30 in four years, which is insane. That's, <laughs> that's definitely crazy. Yeah. Um, as we talk about a lot of these new roles, a lot of the listeners are either current professionals in the landscape or in the industry or aspiring professionals. So that being said, as you talk about these uh, new roles that have came about, and you're you're likely I'm assuming you're in the the hiring portion mm-hmm. of a, a couple of different roles I think I saw. So as part of that, what do you look for out of new folks um, hoping to be part of the NFL digital and social team? 
So for us, I mean, one, it's just understanding the role that you're applying for, because we can see um, the different applications that you've submitted. And so if you're submitting for like a director role and then a coordinator role, it just kind of shows that you don't fully understand like what you're applying for. And so that's just like a one quick, because I see that a lot, a lot, a lot. And so, um, or people will reach out to me about two different positions that are drastically not necessarily different in role because i'm completely understand if there's two entry-level roles that are doing very different things but within social but it's it's the different levels that that kind of gets me but um for me also i'm just kind of looking for if if you find if if you find the posting because like you found it on twitter from maybe like my tweet then you're at least in the right place and kind of i think that shows just a lot in general I don't exactly have a big, big following. So if you're seeing my tweet, you're in the right place. Um, so I think that's great. And then just people who are proactive, um, the, the girl, her, her name's Alicia. She, we hired her at the beginning of last year as kind of the seven month role, um, for our player social team. And so it was interesting because when I, I vividly remember going through resumes on our website at in Canton last year at the Hall of Fame and I was just slacking names to myself of people to like go back and revisit and um her name was the first one I slacked to myself as I was going through resumes and so um then I get back from Canton and there's a package on my desk and it's her she mailed traditional mail snail mailed her portfolio and I'm like, wow, this name is so familiar. And I go back and I look at my slacks and sure enough, it was the first one that I had slacked to myself. And I was like, wow, okay, I'm definitely reaching out to her. And ultimately, I mean, we, we interviewed a number of people, but she's ultimately who we hired. So kind of just showing that a little bit of intentionality. I, I know um, applying for jobs sucks. Like it, it is rough. And I know people spend a lot of time on applications. And so it is tough to be super intentional with every application i i get it you're likely in school or working at that moment while you're applying but if there's one that you just really really feel strongly about i think taking that extra time to be a bit more intentional with it is awesome um and then just i i don't i don't put a ton a ton of weight for these entry level positions on really specific social ex experience because quite frankly i didn't have any when I started. And so um, I try not to, to limit it to that. I, um, I think you can learn social and especially these entry-level positions and, and kind of grow. And so if you just generally are savvy with just marketing or in your thoughts, um, I'm usually open to at least chatting and getting an understanding of um, potential and, and things like that. So I, I try to not discourage people who don't have experience. I think you can you can try to find it, and that's what I did. I helped with like a nonprofit gala <laughs> with their social, and I was like, oh, that's about all I have. But I tried, so that's kind of For sure. kind of things I'm looking at. Um, and then I and and then part of it is also just like being at the right places because, um, see, for me, I I don't expect candidates to always come to us. But as long as they're in the right places to be like to find connections, I, I put a lot of value in that. And so like our at the NFL, like we we have people at like South by Southwest and we have people at like NABJ 
and um, things like that. And so if, if someone's there, like they're in the right place already. And so to me, that puts, I, I see a lot of value in that and like, you're already doing the right thing. So let's chat. Awesome. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. Everyone has to start somewhere. I'm in the same place. Um, I, I started at the university of Minnesota coincidentally at the Raptor center. So <laughs> went from birds to the NBA. So it's funny how that breaks out. Definitely. Um, in, in terms of, uh, the next topic, I obviously, I know you are not going to be able to, uh, give us all your secrets, but <laughs> I know as part of the player social side of things, you speak a lot to the rookie classes and different players about, you know, do's and don'ts. Talk a little bit about that process and, um, you know, what's entailed in that part of your title and position um, when you're specifically talking to, you know, these incoming athletes or current athletes um, in the NFL space about their social and digital platforms. For sure. Yeah. So um, we don't focus a ton on the don'ts. Honestly, we, we leave that to, to the clubs and to their player engagement departments. Cause I, I mean, some of it is just what the club wants a player to, to, to do and not to do. And so um, and generally, like guys, guys get that they shouldn't, you know, um, lose it emotionally on social. And and um, I mean, they get it now. People, I think there's been enough. They've seen enough other other people fall into those kind of those pitfalls. And so we try not to focus on the negative. Um, and I just our focus. And, and like I said, these guys have been on social, so we don't focus too much on the nuance of the platforms and, you know, what you should do on this platform versus this platform. Um, we take a bit of a more just like holistic approach and social is here for you to be able to own your story, own your narrative, own your brand, build your brand, connect with your fans. And so, um, when we go into these, when we go into these presentations, I, I like to just focus on how players can build their brands and kind of you know, what's important, who's doing it well, um, how they can organically, because our, our focus is just organic content. Um, we're not, we're not necessarily working with players on their sponsored content. A lot of that is with their agents or their marketing reps or, or, um, people on their management team. And so we're, we're, ta I'm, I'm trying to show them value of if you are active on social and just keep it or authentic and organic, how that can naturally build into sponsorship opportunities that um actually work and are less about just like a single post where like hey I got paid for this post and more of like a year-round commitment of hey I can naturally promote this type of stuff because it's something I'm already interested in and so that's really our focus when we're presenting to guys it's hey this these are best practices but also like get creative and think creatively about your interests and, you know, how those can activate on social and how you can leverage that to build community and kind of well, the the way we, we frame it to players is a lot of people are going to, fans are going to end up on your, so on your social accounts because you're a football player, whether they saw you in a game, whether your team posted about it. So they're going to get there because you're a football player and definitely lean on that and it's something you're obviously passionate about. You're playing it professionally. So post about it and lean on it, but also, you know, take your helmet off. I mean, we're in the NFL. It's everybody knows probably one of the most difficult parts of it for a player as far as like branding and, um, and brand building is the helmet. So like, this is a place for you to 
easily take off your helmet and let fans know who you are and what's important to you. And so that's the focus of what we're saying. And we, um, and, and guys, it, it, you can see guys, it gets their kind of the wheel spinning in their head and like, Oh wow. Like I, I have ideas and, and ways I can, um, kind of do more and make it feel less of a chore. Cause that's kind of what I'm trying to do is I don't want social to feel like a chore to you. I want it you to be, this is fun. And I want to share this. That's super interesting and makes a lot of sense for sure. I think some of my favorite examples of player social um, are reside within the NFL. I think the best example of anyone who does social that's a player in any league is Juju mm -hmm. and the way that he's grown his platform is tremendous. So um, that that's really cool that you guys had that. And that's one thing I think um, across sports, but um, especially in the NFL, which you guys are ahead of mm -hmm. is, you know, working with players that type of stuff so that being said i i am curious in terms of next steps is it an ongoing kind of relationship that you have with different teams and players um to help out and facilitate their actual social content day to day if they ask to do that um and then in addition to that what's kind i, I know it's the most cliche question in all of sports but um for the business side at least but what what is kind of the day-to-day -day when it's not um you know during the off season you're working with some of those players to educate them ahead of time. Yeah. For you specifically. Yeah. So, um, just generally for us, our focus at this point has just to get our, has been to get our players onboarded onto the program and onboarded onto our, our content sharing tool socially. And so these first few years has just been, you know, getting buy-in and, um, onboarding some of the younger guys, like as they come in, our, our first touch point with them is combine. And so, these newer classes, it's been nice because they've been onboarded to the NFL with this program. Like they don't know anything else. And so it's nice for them that it's not, you know, someone who's been in the league for five years and they're like, wait, what is this? I like, I'm not, I don't know if I understand it. And so that was kind of the first three years has been, um, has been focusing on that. And so, um, it's, it's been awesome. We, we have about like 600 current players on, um, participating in our program. Um, like last season, we, s we shared 14,000 pieces of content just during the regular season. And so, um, wow. yeah, <laughs> it was wild. And then, um, so that's kind of been our focus. And now we're, we're looking ahead bit a bit and, um, kind of planning, planning for what, what the player social, you know, 2.0 is. And I think, you know, and maybe, uh, couple months we can revisit that because we have some things on our roadmap right now that we're working on that I will be excited to share in a few months but um we're not quite ready yet and so um once we get there I'll I'll, I'll let you know um sounds good but then as far as the day-to-day -day, we um it's kind of a mix of things I mean we're a small team our player social team is three people at the moment this moment in time um and so we're looking at right now we actually have one um of the seven month contract positions open and we'll have another one opening up in about probably September, hopefully, fingers crossed. Um and so we'll we'll be at five this year, which will be exciting. Um but so the day to day is just kind of I kind of look at it more as um we have kind of the the micro and macro, I guess, and just day to day sending content. So whether it's like from our NFL photographers or from AP or from 
stuff we've created in the social lab or um, features they've done on NFL Network. And so just sharing that content with guys as it comes. And I mean, throughout the year, we pretty much have content to share with guys, whether it's from they were out at a basketball game or they were, um, you know, they were at, o- they had OTAs, rookie mini camp, training camp. I mean, there's always something going on. There really is no off season at the NFL. Um, or we're, and then we're also, so that's kind of the day to day, like sending that content, just, Hey, here's content to keep your pages populated. Um, and then the next level of it, uh, kind of comes into how we work just like in concert with the other parts of the NFL social team. So what are opportunities for players on the check down? How can they activate on the check down? Like a lot of guys love the check down, think love the voice and, and what it is. And so finding ways, content opportunities for them to activate with them or um, utilizing our LCC program. We, throughout the off season, we have LCCs at, at, at least three to four to even five player camps each weekend throughout the entire off season. And so the LCCs are there capturing photos and video content for players to use on their social accounts and for like the NFL to kind of promote those player, um, those player camps. So there's takeovers from player camps every weekend and we're proactively reaching out to guys. And there's also guys proactively reaching out to us about that. Cause this is now the second or third off season, definitely the second off season where we've been all in on um, just like player camps and player off season, just like activities. And so, um, we're, we're each day, we're looking at a schedule of player just events and, you know, how can a player activate around it? Cause for me, the cool part about my job is just, um, my only thought is how can I create, like, how can a player create cool content for their page? Um, and, and the, it, it's awesome. Cause that was the, the goal of the program from the beginning and a real, real focus of not of that not changing um internally we we did not want it to become um the league pushing league initiatives onto players and that was really like that was a big big just like line that we drew it was that if the if the initiative made sense to a player and it was a good piece of content then for sure we'll send it but um it's a it's a lot of you know walking that line and like no i don't think this is a great piece of content for the player um is there a better way to create one? Cause if so, then we'll do it. Um, but we'll typically just gauge a player's interest. And so each day we're just trying to think of ways that we can build around the pop culture calendar, around the NFL calendar, around the players, just schedule they already have, just identifying content opportunities for them. Um, so that's kind of what we do every day. <laughs> that makes sense. It's pretty cool. Um, on that note, who do you think, and I know I mentioned one of them, but in the NFL specifically, or maybe across sports even, who do you think is doing the best job with their own personal platforms on the player side of things? Yeah, I mean, so I'm, uh, I, of course, agree with you on Juju. I think he is, he does a really good job of not only just like being active, but like he's active across platforms. And so he's on YouTube, he's on Instagram, he's on Twitter, he's on Facebook, he's on, he's on everything. And, and it, and it's all pretty authentic to him. And so, um, he's, he's great at it. I mean, there's, I, he's a late adopter and it's no surprise, but Tom Brady has been awesome. And I think he's done a good job of 
making himself relatable. Um, cause three years ago, really the only off the field kind of insight and, and look you got into his life was just like his sponsored, like UGG stuff or mattress stuff. And it was always like really, really kind of, um, expensive brands. And so I don't know if he was super relatable and now like people see him as just like a family guy and he's funny and he's fun. And so I think he's doing it right. And I think, um, Aaron Rodgers has been able to do it the same. He's not as active, but is another guy who kind of brought himself, um, to a, a bit more of a relatable level. And then I think Russell Wilson does a real, really, really good job of, um, showcasing like what he's doing off the field and um just like in his everyday life uh one i guess from the nba one person that i follow that i love on on social is damian lillard i think he's fantastic um for sure i think he's he's great um there's so there's so many guys who are great for just like different reasons um and so it's it's hard for it's always hard for me to pick just like one, I could probably rattle off 20 of them that, <laughs> that I, that I enjoy, that I think is like a good follow. And I, I enjoy, and I think they're doing it, doing it well. Um, and so I don't even know who, who do you got? Who's your favorite besides other than Juju? Who do you think is doing well in the NFL? Uh, in the NFL, that's a good question. Um, I'm a Vikings guy, mm-hmm. so I'm going to say Stefan Diggs, I think, does mm-hmm. a decent job. Uh, yes. I, I, I'm i a huge Stefan Diggs fan, so I like his stuff. Um, there's there's quite a few, but I, I think him specifically, at, at least on Instagram, he does mm-hmm. a pretty good job keeping his, his fan base and whatnot. Um, in general, I, I think there's, there's quite a few, like you said, um, that really kill it and, and take advantage of moments. And what I've noticed especially is there's been a huge influx, not only in the NFL, but just across the board that invest in content and they know the worth and you can tell. Mm-hmm. And so I think in general, like Lil Nas X, Will Smith, I think is the best mm-hmm. yeah, on Instagram for from a celebrity standpoint, period. Like he just kills it. He's hired a marketing firm or some sort of agency to help him, mm-hmm. but he owns his story and he's done a really good job. So, um, yeah, there, there's there's quite a few. You guys do a great job though on the NFL side on on having these guys buy in. And I would definitely agree with Tom Brady as much as it kills me to say because <laughs> I'm not a huge Tom. Brady. He does a great job. Yeah, I mean he's um, so relatable now. Yes, for sure. Um, so one of the final questions I won't keep you for too much longer, but one of the final questions I had for you is is knowing uh, where you were at when you first started and, and seeing all the different avenues of digital and social there are now. What do you think are like core components of skill sets necessary between, you know, it could be anything, but graphic design, you know, is it more copy? Is it Mm -hmm. photography? Like what are core things that you think aspiring and even current professionals need to have? I know that's a broad statement, but um, just general skill sets, they should be um, at least knowledgeable with. Yeah. So I'm a bit biased just with the newspaper background I was talking about, but one just writing in general, whether you're writing copy or just writing an email. Um, I think that is having just being able to write something clean and concise and it makes sense is probably the 
my number one thing. And then two is storytelling in general. You can't create a good video if you don't know how to storytell. You can't create a good just written piece if you don't know how to storytell. You can, you can even, it's just 280 characters on Twitter. You still need to find a, well to, a way to tell a story. And so I think having that just mindset of uh, and, and it being almost intuitive to you in storytelling, and um, I think that's a huge part of it, regardless of what you want to do. If you want to be on the programming side, you want to be on the creative side, if you want to do player social, everything comes back to telling a story and kind of being true to that same story throughout and like having that just through line through everything that you do. Um, that's, a, that's a huge, huge thing. And I, it, for me, I undervalued it coming into this and never really realized just how important it was to literally does not matter what you do. If you're in marketing, if you're in advertising, if you're in just creative in general, um, that's one of the biggest just skills to have. And then um, for me, it's, it's kind of comes back to also just being able to anticipate things and be preemptive a little bit. And in the world of social, um, you can't be only caught up in like, in right now, like what you're doing, you kind of have to look ahead a bit and you know, what, what will this piece of content, you know, how, how will it be received? Like what, like kind of get into the minds of the people who are, um, of the people who are going to be consuming your content and, and understand how they're going to react. And I think that's where specifically a lot of having diverse backgrounds and diverse thoughts and like diverse, I think that's where like that really comes in. It's really, really important because that's where you find, um, kind of where you see a lot of the misses from brands on social, it typically can come back to like who was in the room when that was created. For sure. I 100% agree with that. Um, final thing for our podcast here would be any advice that you have for folks in general listening to this. Yeah. Um, so for me, I, I mean, I guess I, my biggest thing and like my biggest piece of advice is, and I'm probably going to speak more to people who are, who are looking kind of job hunting. Um, job hunting is a lot like anything else, whether it's dating or, you know, applying for a grad program, applying for school, applying for jobs. Um, people are looking for something very specific when they're, when they're job hunting or, I mean, when they're hiring or when they're dating or when they're looking for prospective like students. And so if, if people, if, if it's a no, don't necessarily, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not qualified for that position. It just means that you weren't the fit that they were looking for that at that moment. And the other thing is, is focus on if you're a good fit for that company. And like, if they, I mean, if, if they are a good fit for you. And so, um, one thing that I always push in when I, um, am talking, when I'm looking at resumes and I, and, and resumes is not a science by any means, because it is so subjective to who's looking at it. And for me, I hire based on, of course, your experience and your competence and what you're able to do, but also, um, just like who you are as a person, I have to work with you every day. And so, and you have to work with me every day. And so if, if, if there isn't a mutual just fit there, if it's not for you, don't, don't, don't take it. If you don't feel good about just like the culture, the environment, you know, what's, um, I, I think people, 
you should afford yourself to be a little bit picky there. And so if you if your resume, if you have social experience that you weren't paid for, but you volunteered for a nonprofit, like put it on there. That's what I did. I had my volunteer experience on my resume and that's how I got my internship with the magic. When I um did my first interview, um, the guy who interviewed me, Jack, he would ultimately be my supervisor. When we first started talking, he was like, Hey, um, first, you know, um, I thought your background was interesting for this role. Like, what do you think the role is? But second, um, I saw your your non your volunteer experience. I'm really interested to hear about that. I serve on a board of a nonprofit here in Orlando and so that kind of really stuck out to me. That was where the conversation started. And then it went into, you know, our, can you do this job? And so um, he, and to me, that said a lot to me, him having interest in like what was um, important to me. And so I think that's the, my biggest piece of advice is find, finding somewhere that's a good fit for you. And then um, my other piece of advice, and this is for more people who are in the hiring position, is we get super caught up in our networks and you know, um, like everybody generally, your network oftentimes looks a lot like you and it takes effort to get a diverse network and we should be putting that effort in. And so if that means, you know, going to NABJ or if that means going, you know, dipping into a pool that you don't usually dip into, like there are resources outside of just posting something on Twitter. You can go to a university's, um, uh, they're, and they're, de- uh, so I don't remember which department at the school, but you can reach out to a school and tell them like you have a position if they have candidates. And so I think it takes effort to build a diverse network and people should put a bit of an emphasis on that. And, um, I think that's a big, a big pain point for me, like in this industry. And so I'm hoping that that can change as more people, um, of like that are our age get into hiring positions and kind of make that a point of focus because I see a lot of people talk about it, but they're not quite in those positions yet. So once they get there, if they can do that, I think that is probably my piece of advice for um, hiring. I absolutely agree with you. And I, I, I think that it's something that isn't necessarily thought of a bunch, but it actually has an implicit bi- implicit bi- bias of some source mm-hmm. of some sort. Gee, all over the place. <laughs> It, it has some sort of bias, um, whether it be you know intentional or not, when we only look to the people that we know through Twitter or that someone else has said something about. Um, there's thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of qualified professionals in our in our landscape and having diverse perspectives, to your point, um, and just diversity in general across the board, not only perspectives, but just in general, I think having more um, showcasing more different um kinds of backgrounds and all different types of thoughts is something that our um, industry especially needs. Definitely. I'm with you. Um, any last words or I know you had quite a few, but <laughs> do you have any last words? No, no, I think I'm good. I appreciate you uh, having me. It was fun chatting about uh, work for a bit. And um, I will, with that shameless plug, I will be at NABJ if anybody wants to connect. <laughs> awesome. And also, you are hiring in a couple positions, so yes. people can be on the lookout for those, right? Yes. Our, I mean, our social team across, we have a lot of open positions. Just go to nfl.com slash careers and type in social, and you will see tons, tons of positions, whether it's on the programming team, the social lab team, the LCC team, the player team, the check down, NFL throwback, all of it, all of them are hiring. 
Awesome. You heard it here first. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. Get some sleep after that flight. <laughs> and uh, we're looking forward to what you cook up for the player side this season. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, everyone, Waffles and I are out for this episode of... <laughs> I really just did that for this podcast. Waffles and I are out for this episode. Episode number 28 of Social on the Sidelines. It was Waffle's birthday last week, so if you made it this far, that was a little Easter egg for you. And it's my birthday today, so thanks for listening. We'll be back very soon. Amara will be back. This is the last time in a while. You'll have to hear just me, hopefully, unless she quits, in which case we don't need her. Bye, Amara. Just kidding. Don't leave. Um, As always, we're brought to you by Team Infographics. Check them out. They did some really cool stuff for the Women's World Cup lately. Go look on their Twitter. Go look at their website. Team Infographics on Twitter, teaminfographics.com on the web. See you guys soon.